0: In today's reading, we'll be looking at Luke chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. Since our readings in the Gospels are chronological, we'll be looking at the events leading up to the birth of John the Baptist and the birth of John the Baptist, and also the events leading up to the birth of Jesus Christ. We read the first 17 verses of the book of Matthew on New Year's Day, those contain the genealogy of Jesus. Now we're going to look at verses 18 to 25 of Matthew chapter 1, where we see Joseph's dilemma. Verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is, God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Here we see that Mary is betrothed to Joseph. That's espoused to Joseph. That's the procedure for marriage then. A wedding contract without consummation of the relationship until some period of time later. We see in verse 18 that the marriage had not been consummated at that time, yet Mary was expecting. All was well when Joseph received a word from an angel, verse 23, that this child was the fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. This child would be the Messiah. Joseph is also told that the newborn child is to be called Jesus. The Greek transliteration is Eosas. there's no J sound in the Greek, and therefore we transliterate it to the English as Jesus, which incidentally is a transliteration of the Hebrew word Yahshua. There's no J sound in the Hebrew either. So Jesus is the New Testament Greek, eusas, and the Old Testament, Yahshua, which we pronounce as Joshua. Oh, one more bit of information about the name Joshua, it actually means in Hebrew, is salvation. At the time of the birth of Jesus, it was a common name. Keep in mind, the street language in Judea during that era was Aramaic, a Semitic sister language to Hebrew. While the grammar was somewhat different, the language sounded like Hebrew. Therefore, when people heard the name Jesus, they undoubtedly were reminded of the successor of Moses, who led the people of Israel into Canaan. Incidentally, it should be pointed out that even though the people in Palestine in Jesus' day predominantly spoke Aramaic, the Gospels were actually recorded some years later in the dominant written language of the world, Greek. Educated people spoke and read Greek. Few in Judea were skilled in Hebrew. Bible historians tell us that very few people in Jesus' day actually were able to read and write, just to speak Aramaic. Hebrew was used in the readings of the Old Testament in the temple and in the synagogues. Since Greek was the commercial language of the Roman Empire during the first century, it's likely that the people in Judea also spoke Greek, at least to some extent. When Jesus was crucified, the inscription on his cross was written in Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. Oh, one more thing. Notice verse 25 regarding the intimate relations between Joseph and Mary. It says, And knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, And he called his name Jesus. The Roman Catholic Church teaches that Mary remained a virgin for her entire life. Uh, As a matter of fact, this is a baseless doctrine. It's a fallacy and it's disputed by this verse, which calls Jesus her firstborn son, as well as Matthew 13.55, which says of Jesus, what was commonly known by his neighbors when they say, is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother, called Mary, and his brethren, James, Joseph, and Simon, and Judas? Now we have an introduction to Luke in Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, as we switch over to a parallel gospel, the gospel of Luke. Verse 1. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them to us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. The Gospel of Luke was written by Luke, who also wrote the book of Acts. Several times in Acts, Luke identifies with Paul's journeys by using the word we. Luke and Acts are addressed to an individual named Theophilus. Theophilus is a Greek name formed from two Greek words, God and lover. The name means lover of God. Paul named Luke as a companion in Colossians chapter 4, verse 14 and in Philemon 24 and also in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. Luke acknowledges here that his gospel was written later in verses 1 through 3 from the accounts of eyewitnesses to the ministry of Jesus when he writes this, forasmuch as as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, To write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus. So beginning with verse five of Luke chapter one, we find out that Zacharias, he's gonna have a baby. There was in the days of Herod the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, and his wife was the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. They had no child because that Elizabeth was barren. And they were both now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled. And fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and I am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not be able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zacharias, and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple. For he beckoned unto them, and remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days his wife Elizabeth conceived, and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me, to take away my reproach among men. So Zacharias was a priest at the temple in Jerusalem. It's a big day for Zacharias. He finds out while he's doing his temple duties inside the temple, that he's going to be a daddy. An angel stood beside the altar of incense and told him so. And let me tell you, never doubt an angel. When Zacharias asked for a sign, the angel immediately took his voice away. How's that for a sign? Why? Well, because he doubted. And he'll remain that way until after the birth of the baby, we're told in verse 20. He came out of the temple using sign language. Elizabeth, his wife, was extremely grateful to conceive a child, especially John the Baptist. There was a considerable stigma attached to being childless in those days. You can see that in verse 25. You'll recall that God took the prophet Ezekiel's voice away also back before the fall of Jerusalem in Ezekiel chapter 3 verses 16 to 25. He too was a priest and was unable to speak except to prophesy for over seven years until the fall of Jerusalem had taken place. That had to be going through the mind of Zacharias every once in a while. Zacharias did not speak again until after John the Baptist was born. Notice verse 15, it says, For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. While there is no mention of his hair here, this verse does lead one to speculate that John may have had the Nazarite vow, the Nazarite vow from Numbers chapter 6, On him from birth, just as Samson did in Judges chapter 13. This is to be no ordinary child. We see that in verses 16 and 17, which says, And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. The name Elias in the King James Version there is the Hebrew Elijah. It's a transliteration to Greek and then to English. It's Elijah is the correct pronunciation. This baby has a very big mission ahead of him. We see the birth of John the Baptist down in verse 24. Incidentally, Gabriel, the angel who brought this message, is only referenced otherwise in the book of Daniel in chapter 8 and chapter 9. The appearance of an angel with this kind of a resume was quite significant. Now we get some news from Mary, beginning in verse 26, down through verse 38. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women." And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the high shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Well, Mary, you're going to have a baby also. Notice in Luke chapter 1, verses 32 and 33. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Well, Mary, not only are you to have a child, this will be no ordinary baby. This is the fulfillment of all those Old Testament prophecies concerning the Messiah. Isaiah 9, look at the notes on BibleTrack.org. Well, got a problem, though. No husband. Gabriel the angel assures her that it's all taken care of. Like Joseph, she also gets the same instructions to name her child Jesus in verses 39 through 45 Mary visits Elizabeth verse 39 and Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered to the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth and it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost and she spake out with a loud voice and said blessed art thou among women And blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For, lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Well, it's time to share the good news. Elizabeth, well, she's tickled, of course. And John the Baptist, he seems to be happy, too. Into verse 41, he leaked in her womb. She readily acknowledges that Mary's son is the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy in verse 43 when she says, And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Mary breaks out in a song in verses 46 through 56. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. He hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For lo, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats, and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things." And the rent she hath sent empty away. He hath in his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months, and returned to her own house. In reply to Elizabeth's comments, Mary waxes eloquent with the goodness of God and her sense of joy at having been chosen to bear. We see in verse 56 that Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months. Then John the Baptist arrives in verses 57 through 66. Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered, and she brought forth a son. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy upon her, and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zacharias after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, Not so, but he shall be called John. And they said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs to his father how he would have him called. And he asked for a writing tablet, and he wrote, saying, His name is John. And they marveled all. And his mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue loosed. And he spake and praised God. And fear came on all that dwelt round about them. And all these things were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all that heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. Zacharias, at this point, is still unable to speak until the circumcision and the naming of the baby on the eighth day. Elizabeth says, Let's name him John. Well, there's nobody by that name in your family, Elizabeth. Are you sure about this? Don't you want him to be like Zacharias Jr.? Then they took a writing tablet to Zacharias for a second opinion on this thing. He wrote, John. Immediately his tongue was loosed and finally he was able to speak. Well, John it shall be. With his tongue now loosed, Zacharias breaks out with a prophecy. Verse 67. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people. all the days of our life. And thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, It was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. It's obvious to Zacharias that his boy was no ordinary boy. Just look at the prophecy God gave him concerning his son, John the Baptist. There was no question in the mind of Zacharias what John would do with his life. Look at verse 76. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. Oh, and he calls in the Abrahamic covenant markers here in verse 73. That's a reference to the promises that God made to Abraham. Look at the article on the front page of BibleTrack.org to see some details about that covenant that God made with Abraham. Zacharias fully understands that his son will be instrumental in the fulfillment of this covenant. Verse 80 is a little curious. It says, And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his showing into Israel. Zacharias and Elizabeth were old when John was born. Perhaps they died while he was a child. Whatever, John the Baptist was raised, it says, in the deserts, until he embarked upon his God-given ministry of announcing the Messiah. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www. Bible Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walton.